Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited for today's show as we actually have four guests on the show. That's right, all four guests from earlier in the week have provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't, we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Dr. Duena Welch joined us on Monday, and she shared an incredible story of the power of following your yes regarding getting married. Well, Duena, I'd love to have you help us illustrate. Well, let's start here. Let's start with not following your yes. So give us a story of a time when you didn't follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't realize you had one, but now when you're looking back, you're like, wow, that was really clear and I just blew it off. So tell us what happened and how did that actually play out for you? Well, as you know, Ken, I'm all relationships all the time. So that's where my example, I have a lot of other examples from my professional life, but I'm thinking of the clearest time that my gut ever spoke to me was a relationship that I had a couple years before I met my husband. I was a single mom and I was dating on, I I used three different online sites to date and I actually found really great people on all three sites. Anyway, I had met this man on one of these sites and we had gotten very close and uh, we had we had started to fall in love and 
I was really enjoying the relationship and he took me away on this romantic weekend and while we were there he proposed and I said yes and my gut immediately said no but I had already said yes but my gut was saying no but I had said yes but my gut was saying no <laughs> and I felt like I couldn't take it back mm. and I felt like oh well I had more backstory about me is I had been married my daughter's father and I had been married and I had loved him with all my heart I really was crazy about him and you know I don't want to get too much into his story because he would be identifiable and it's not I don't think it's polite to reveal all of someone else's story if they can't be anonymous uh, but there had been severe enough issues in that marriage that I had uh, I had had to leave, and I was so traumatized by the leaving process that I couldn't even go in a greeting card aisle for years, anywhere near the cards about weddings or marriages or anniversaries or I love you or any of it. I, it would almost give me a panic attack. Um, so what I thought initially when my gut said such a strong no to this man that I was getting engaged to was, well, Duana, you're just scared. You know, of course you're going to be scared. Look at how traumatic your break from your husband was. The break from my husband had involved my needing to pretend that I was taking a vacation, packing one suitcase, taking my sick baby on my hip, and leaving moving several states away and hiding out until I could serve him with divorce papers. It was a very traumatic story. And so it would make sense that perhaps what was happening was my gut was reacting to past trauma. And so even though my gut was speaking very clearly, I didn't heed it. I stayed engaged to this guy and our marriage date was coming up pretty soon. We were just going to do a really simple not quite elopement, but very close to it. But we had a specific date set, and we were going to meet a bunch of people at a restaurant afterward. And um, the date was coming up, and I was having panic attacks. I actually got on some medication to help me with panic attacks, which I had never had to do before. I had never had full-blown panic attacks before. They would slam me out of nowhere, but every time they slammed me, it was when I was thinking about making a full commitment to this guy. And shortly before... Um, I would have made that full commitment. I started doing some internet research and I had noticed that this man wouldn't introduce me to his friends. He wouldn't mention the name of his ex-wife ever. And I found the name of his ex-wife and I questioned him about her and I just got this feeling that something really dark and awful had taken place. That he had been possibly even a perpetrator of something dark and awful that had happened with this wife. And um, then his sibling came and visited. He had two siblings. One of them came and visited, and I met this person, and uh, she said, I guess she saw a window at my house that needed to be fixed and she said, oh yeah, he'll get right on that in a real sarcastic way that let me know that he was never going to fix anything. And she kept saying things that alluded to his difficulty and laziness. And I just got really scared. And that night 
I had a dream in which my unconscious right brain said to me, because your, your gut, your intuition actually resides in the right half of your brain, and it usually doesn't have access to language because all your conscious thought is actually a left brain activity. But my right brain finally succeeded in connecting with my left brain, and in a dream, I heard these words, Duena, you must not marry this man. You must not. And then I woke up. And I waited till his sister had left, and then he came back to my house to see me. And I, I had been thinking, what can I tell him so that he will leave and never come back? What would be the true, most kind, but most clear thing I could say? And what I told him was, I've been thinking about this very carefully. And as you know, I've been having a lot of panic attacks, and I thought that they were related to my past divorce. But I've realized that that's really not the case. What has happened here is marriage takes a lot of partnership. It takes a lot of intimacy and it takes a lot of the willingness to elevate each other's best selves. And I just don't have that level of love in my heart for you. And I'm so sorry. I thought I did, but I don't. And that ended it. And I will tell you, Ken, I never had another panic attack again about anything. Well, that is quite a story. And one of the things that caught my attention is that last thing you said, you never had another panic attack about anything. Yeah, nothing, ever. And sometimes we forget if there are physical manifestations like that, and they go away, and we don't go, hello, that's one of the big, I mean, like, that's my body telling me, you need to pay attention here, you need to pay attention here. And once you do... It goes away. And uh, I recently interviewed Gay Hendricks, and he calls it a full body yes. <laughs> That's great. He's that like, is great. Your That's mind could exactly be saying yes, was. but what's your body saying? If it's not everything isn't saying yes, then pay attention. That's right. It was a, Yes, that's, that's a wonderful way to put it, a full body yes. He called me a couple days later, and all he said was, are you sure? And I didn't want to be cruel, so I said in a very subdued tone, I've thought about it very carefully, and yes, I'm sure. But inside I was going, yes, yes, I'm sure, mm -hmm. I'm liberated, this is wonderful, this is the best. What I told my family was, you know, I used to get married to people that I should never have married, then I get engaged to a person I should never have gotten engaged to, my next step is not to even date them. <laughs> Get that picker fixed, right? I, I got my picker fixed. Yes, that was the last time I had a broken picker. Nice, nice. Well, thank you again for sharing that, Dana. Dr. Diana Kirshner was with us on Tuesday, and she shared the story of how not following her yes actually delayed the writing of her best-selling book, Love in 90 Days. Dr. Diana, I'd love it if you would do me a favor and help us Kind of illustrate how, well, let's start here. Let's start with how not following your yes can undermine a partnership. And what I'd love for you to do is just share with us a story of a time you didn't follow that yes. Maybe at the time you, you didn't even realize that you had one. But now when you look back, you're going, wow, that was so clear, but I blew it off. I didn't pay any attention to it. Share with us what happened and, and how that played out as, as that moved forward. Yes, well, you know, I, I had worked for many years, actually a couple of decades, uh, with people 
uh, helping them develop love relationships, dating success, and uh, you know that kind of thing. And um, and I wanted, I felt this intuitive pull to write a book about all the things I had learned and all the things that were really, really helpful to people. And uh, that book was called Love in 90 Days. And um, I, uh, it was manifesting. I just was having these ideas and writing them down. And I uh, had given a writing sample to an agent, a literary agent. And she read it and she came back and she says to me, you don't have a writing bone in your body. <laughs> it was not simply a rejection. Um, and this could be a good example of a negative partnership, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's like not, it. Not simply I don't want to represent this, but it was this global negative, you know, you don't have a writing bone in your body. Wow. And what happened was that I stopped. I stopped working on the book. Even though my gut was longing to write this book, I stopped. Yep. I didn't follow the yes. Yeah. And you speak to something that we hear often in, in this portion of the show, which is sometimes it just takes one person. And if we're not really owning that yes, we'll abandon it altogether. We'll just yep. walk away. No matter yep. how strong that driver is, we're like, oh, really? You said this? Okay, I give you more power than I have. Yes, exactly. Because what happens is we take it as failure. It's a failure and, uh, you know, and, and the self-recrimination and, you know, who are you to think you can do this? And, you know, that, that whole inner critic starts harping on you. Uh, you know, you're not good enough, you're, you know, you're not talented enough, you're not smart enough, whatever the heck it is, you're not skilled enough, and we retreat from the yes, and ultimately to be happy, you cannot retreat from your yes, you can't, and be happy. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, let's flip this around, Dr. Diana, let's, let's look at a moment in time when you had a clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us that story. Well, uh, this was a positive mentoring partnership. You know, I was actually on a radio show uh, in New York City. It was the Joan Hamburg radio show. And I was talking about the successes we were having in my love mentoring program, you know, uh, that I mentioned uh, in my earlier interview. And um, what happened was uh, another literary agent called me just from hearing that. Um, and I had followed my yes in going on that radio show. Anyway, she called me and she offered to help me publish Love in 90 Days, my book. And um, she gave me a great deal of mentoring. A great deal. In fact, she had me rewrite the proposal, I, I don't know, five times, something like that. I was ready to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, not follow my yes at that point. But anyway... Um, she then proceeded to sell my proposal at auction. It was sold at auction to one of the major publishers in Manhattan. She, um, it was extraordinarily exciting. Um, and um, it became a bestseller. So Love in 90 Days became a bestseller. And um, that was unbelievable. Uh, that was the right partnership that was really following my yes uh, and doing the work, even though it was difficult in, you know, her reformulating this proposal over and over and over again. 
but just staying on point with my yes. And um, that was astonishing. It was just amazing, especially after the first literary agent had told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that book has so many, you know, you know, five-star reviews. You wouldn't. It's amazing. And um, but that's that's the value of having a great mentor. What can I tell you, Ken? That's it. Yeah, and and you you mentioned something I think is really important to emphasize here, which is following your yes isn't always easy. Yes. 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 I, I think so many times we think, oh, that'll just be the most easy, effortless thing. Well, it can be, but it's not always going to be because sometimes that following it, like you said, you kept holding on to it, even though she's going, revise it again, revise it again. And you're just like, seriously, you got to be kidding me. I'm not doing it again. I'm going crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and but if you're in the right mentorship, if you're in with the right partner, you know that you flow with them, you go with them, and it's your intuition, your, your gut that gives you that uh, instruction and will say, you know, surrender to this person, surrender to this person's input, because together you can do miraculous things. T together you can create magic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Diana. This, this has been so insightful. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much, Ken. You're welcome. Wednesday's show brought us Dr. Elsbeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver. And we had such a treat because Freddie actually sang for us. All right. So Elsbeth and Freddie Zental, I'd love it if you would help us illustrate just how not following your yes can actually undermine a partnership. And what, what I'd love for you to do is tell us a quick story of a time when you didn't follow your yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had one. But now when you look back, you're like, geez, that was so clear. But I didn't pay any attention to it. And tell us what happened when that was what you did. Now, I want to actually go back to um, an example I gave um, earlier in our conversation um, that was about, uh, you know, launching into coaching a participant in uh, one of our workshops and um, so it was um, when Freddie touched me on my thigh and um, you know whispered to me not to go ahead with that segment of coaching I there was a voice a little voice in me who felt that I should follow but I didn't listen to it I didn't listen to him, and I also didn't listen to that inner. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought I was right in this moment, or I should be right, or something needs to happen. And uh, looking back after Freddie and I, uh, you know, debriefed on it after the workshop, it was like rather obvious to me at that moment, given how that participant had showed up previously in the workshop. You know that, you know why. You know, I knew it, but I didn't follow it. But again, the knowing was like a small voice. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, that was a really good wake-up call to keep listening to Freddie and then as just as importantly, really listen to that inner voice, no matter how small or quiet it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for any of you listening today that maybe didn't hear 
the interview I did with Elizabeth and Freddie Zentaler earlier in the week, you can go back to that and you'll hear the whole story of what happened in that situation and how it basically, you know, did not lead to the best end result. So what I'd love to do now is flip this around. And if you'd take us to a moment in time when you had a clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us what happened then. Well, for me, Ken, um, there was a story that I had believed early in life that I couldn't sing. I was an athlete in high school and through college as a scholarship basketball player. And I, I just felt, felt like, you know, when I, that was told to me that wasn't really going to be my winning suit. And I don't need to know how to sing because I can't sing. That was a story I had about myself. Uh, so when uh, after being in you know software business uh, for years uh, and then coming to Chicago with a company and then starting this business with Elsbeth 15 years ago, Early in the, in the business, about three years in, I wanted to start, do a show uh, to illustrate some of these concepts and ideas in an edutainment, if you will, way as an introduction to people. And I wanted to sing because that was a big fear and a story. And I felt I had a great speaking voice and I should be able to sing. So I put together this show and worked with a theater coach and, um, you know, I was singing these songs and, you know, Elsbeth, who has a master's in music, was telling me, you know, you can speak the words... <laughs> Because <laughs> you, you sound horrible. And the, uh, the uh, theater coach said, no, don't listen to her. Keep singing, Freddie. And, he, and she gave me a good voice coach. <laughs> and uh, I kept singing. And now I sing all over the place in front of hundreds of people. And I love singing. And I have a great voice. And um, let that story be an inspiration. Anybody who believes something they can't do, it, it is possible once we get past our own you know, limitations. Once you follow your inner yes. Yeah, I, I love that, the simplicity of that story of something as simple as I want to sing, and I believed I couldn't. And yeah. it's, it's, what's interesting to me is oftentimes the people that are saying you can't do it are saying it because it's uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, I don't want to see you go through learning how to sing because that terrifies me. So just don't show me that. Right. And so then we go, oh, they must be right. Somehow they're an authority on this. But you dishonoring that and going, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to go get some, some help over wherever I need to, and, and I'm going to do it, and now I love it. It's a big part of me. Yeah. That's a great example of the payoff, right? When you follow your yes and just go, mm, I know it may not make sense, and there's no reason I need to do this. I'm not going to become a professional singer, but it's going to make my life more joyful. Right, and I do get paid for it now. Well, there you go. World on a string, sitting on a rainbow. Got the string around my finger. What a world! What a life! I'm in love. <laughs> do Do I need to hear from your agent now and send a check? <laughs> That's a freebie, kid. Oh, thank you, thank you very, very much, and thank you both. These These have been great examples. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's really great what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. We wrapped up the week with Hanare O'Brien, and he shares of when he was in his early 20s, he was playing professional basketball. He had everything he could ever dream of, except he wasn't following his yes. Hanare, I'd love it if you would help us illustrate how following our yes, or for that matter, not following our yes, can actually play a role in our partnership. So where I'd like to start is if you'd share with us a quick story of a time in your life when you didn't follow that yes. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize you had a yes. But now when you look back, you're like, wow, that was really obvious and I blew it. I didn't pay any attention. Tell us what happened. 
So I was playing basketball professionally and I had more money, women, accolades, I was on TV. It was just fantastic. And externally, I had achieved everything that I needed to achieve. And internally, there was a no. Externally, there was a yes. And the no inside of me grew so much so that these feelings that I wasn't on course wasn't on track. And I had to actually quit my basketball career and all these, I had to give up all these wonderful external things I had created to find out what this no that was telling me to go to this deeper yes. And so um, at 29, uh, I sat on the side of the road and I had to ring the one person I despise, which is my mother, and she came and saved me. She spent three days, she put me to, into bed, and I was just at the end of my rope. Uh, everything externally wasn't giving to me what internally I wanted to create. And uh, I realized that there are people in the world that really genuinely love us for who we are, no matter what we're going through. And in that, I realized there was my calling in helping those people get their messages out. And so my yes became very apparent uh, in that moment that I could actually help people to really spread their wings and fly, which could actually help more people and reconnect more people. So through that uh, internal, I wasn't doing the right thing, came this internal yes when I stopped going for the external accolades of what I thought I needed and really came to myself to find out what I really wanted to create while I was here on this earth. Wow, that's that's a powerful story. And I, I love the way you shared it in that you had an internal no. And a lot of times we don't know what the yes part is. We just know whatever we're doing is not it. Yeah, it's true. And so sometimes it does. It feels like a no. But it's actually our our guidance saying, we're missing something here. Mm. And if we keep doing this, it's going to keep feeling like no. So let's flip this around. Let's take a moment and just share what happened when you actually, you had a clear yes. Not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us that story. Yeah, so uh, when the yes came, it was a no uh, cognitively because I knew cognitively what I would have to face within myself to get to the deep internal yes. I would have to stop pretending not to know certain things. I would stop having to avoiding things. I would stop having to run away. I would stop having to push against people. And in saying that, um, I would actually start to understand that cognitively trying to control my world was not deeply intuitively letting me express what I needed to express. So in doing that, I wasn't able to really distinguish because we get confused because our cognition, our willpower in that is always wanting to drive us towards the external to gain things. They call it the ego. I call it the personality. And so we can get confused with our intuition when in deep down in our gut we feel this feeling or voice wanting to come through. So only in acknowledging the cognition for trying to keep me safe basically in the world by doing all these external things, was I able to deeply delve into the intuitive yes of helping people on a, a deep, deep level. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. See, can I just uh, mention something, Ken? Yeah, please. Most, most people, when they try to find the parts of them that they want to help or heal, they can't find it. It's like hide and go seek because they're speaking through it. How do you know something that you're speaking through? Like the example I'll give you quickly is when my mother used to ring me 
in, in on the phone and tell me to put my clothes away, you know what mothers do when you're a teenage kid. Mm-hmm. I would put the phone inside of a cup and her voice oscillated back at her so she couldn't hear it and it would create an oscillating type of noise. And then I noticed when I was speaking on stage, if I ever took my microphone and got close to the speaker, it would create this oscillation, this noise. And then I realized that in ourselves, when we try to get part, close to the parts of us that are wanting to be heard, we're trying to look at who we are. It creates an oscillation. It's like what Alan Watts says. It's like trying to lick your own tongue or bite your own teeth or touch the top of your fingertip with the top of your fingertip that you're trying to touch. So why people get confused is they try and look for parts of them that don't want to be found, not even knowing that they're speaking through that part of them. And that's where we get stuck. So why we have a no is we don't, or a yes, is we need to find out the hurt and frightened parts of us that are pretending, that are avoiding, and bring them back home to us so that we become a whole person, not a half person. A whole person acknowledges both the light and the dark in them. A half person acknowledges only one side. Wholeness, completeness, and perfection is bringing all those parts back home to us and loving them for what they've done, which at a deep biological level is basically keep ourselves safe, secure in the world. And when they're acknowledged for that, then they feel a presence of their own intuition coming through and they grow and develop very fast. Thank you for adding that. That's fantastic. Thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingapartnership.com and enter the guest's name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.